these are like modern diseases, right? I mean, these aren't the things that we should have gotten for all of history. Right? I don't think that our, our ancestors were dying of these diseases. We were told lies, really. I mean, when things didn't work out what they thought and didn't fit this standard narrative they had, they would actually bury these studies. So it's like, we can look at evolution. We can look at randomized controlled trials. We can look at epidemiology. We can look at biochemistry, anything. And it and they all kind of align with this way of eating. And it's, it's this ancestral way of eating. Let's farm like we're supposed to. Let's farm and eat like we used to. Body, mind, empowerment. Get stronger, faster, smarter, quicker, friendlier, more helpful, more driven. Everything the body needs. Control your mind. Welcome to the Body, Mind, Empowerment podcast. I'm your host, Seamland, and today our guest is Brian Sanders. Brian is a filmmaker and an entrepreneur who's involved with nutrition and maximizing human potential. His latest documentary, Food Lies, talks about the fallacies and misconceptions surrounding what's a healthy diet and uh, what we should eat. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here as well. And uh, as we're recording this podcast, then uh, the documentary isn't out yet. Am I right? No, we're just uh, finishing filming our interviews. Actually, I'm about to go on a film tour um, on Wednesday morning. So a day and a half here. Mm, that's cool. How long have you been doing it for this project? Um, I started heavily researching a year ago, and I put together my I put together my first interview in December. Mm. So I guess I've been filming off and on since December. So it's it's sort of a long process for these documentaries, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. always hard to get line up people, find uh, when these experts are available, find out, you know, I've been to some conferences, so that's been good when they're all together and, um, you know, when people are in town, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that's definitely a lot, a lot more difficult than to simply make some YouTube videos or put on a vlog on uh, some sort of Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun though. It's, it's a challenge and um, it's, it's a lot different from any other kind of filmmaking too. Uh, you know, like normal films, you have a big budget and then you, yeah, you, you line it all up and maybe you film the whole thing in a, a month or a couple of weeks even. But with a documentary, you end up doing it over the course of a year, really. And, you, you know, you get footage where you can and you, you know, you finally piece it together. Yeah, it's, and also I would imagine like with a science-based documentary, then you would also have to do a lot of research yourself and, uh, you know, actually look at what, what kind of uh, ideas you're sharing in the, in the film. Yeah, that's what I've been doing for the past year. So, I mean, there's always something to do every day. It's either I'm researching or I'm, you know, lining up interviews or I'm, you know, making content. So, mm -hmm. so what, got you, what got you interested in, you know, doing this project? Why did you start it? Well, there's a couple things. Uh, I've always been interested in being healthy. You know, my whole life I've been playing sports and being active and I didn't really know much about health. I thought you could just eat whatever, right? I think that's some of the, some people just have, you know, sort of a natural met metabolism. People call it, oh, you just have a fast metabolism. You can do whatever you want. Well, I mean, it's not always the case because I always, you know, was very conscious of what I ate, but I just didn't really know all about it. And then um, about four years ago, my my dad died of, of cancer and my mom um, got Alzheimer's. Hmm. Um, so I think these diseases, these are like modern diseases, right? I mean, these aren't the things that 
we should have gotten for all of history. Right? I don't think that our, our ancestors were dying of these diseases. Mm. And so through my research, I found that, that many people think that these are caused by diet, mm. right? There's a big component of diet to them. And yes, there is a genetic component, right? We know that we know, but I think we're going down the wrong route when we're looking only into the genetics of these diseases, like especially Alzheimer's and cancer, because everyone knows that, heart disease and diabetes and obesity that's caused by what you eat that's kind of obvious but there's a whole nother level right that basically all of these modern diseases can be traced to what we eat so that's what i really got into over the past four years and gradually got more and more into it and then finally decided to make this film hmm. yeah that's so true that uh yeah most of the modern diseases we are faced with they're so they're so deviant in nature, like even hunter-gatherer tribes, they don't have any of those stuff. And they eat like a completely different diet as well. And uh, these things, they aren't granted and guaranteed. And it's true that it's, they all, these problems, they've only become uh, so big over the course of the last few decades or so. Even in the beginning of the 20th century, there weren't, so, there weren't no such things as you know obesity or or these heart diseases and uh, these alzheimer diseases as well so yeah it's it's something that we're doing wrong <laughs> that uh, we screwed things up over the past few decades and uh, we have to kind of know now uh, fix the issues yeah it's weird that people try to say that that's not the case a lot of people deny it that it's diet it's so mm. weird to me they're like oh no you know it's because of the toxins in the air or it's you know we're <laughs> They, they come with all these weird things and they just don't understand. It's very simple. It's the diet. Like that's what's going into your body. Like obviously that's affecting your body more than anything. Hmm. Well, there, there, there may be like other factors as well, like a sedentary lifestyle and spending, yeah. spending less time outside, more stress, less sleep, all those things, more artificial light. Yeah, all, they all play a part. But the, probably the nutrition is one of one of the biggest ones one of the biggest domino stones that kind of sets it off all or sets it off all yeah i mean yeah definitely i i didn't mean to downplay those other yeah. things i believe those are very big and they all kind of wrap into one to me that's why i, I kind of don't even separate them it, it's just how humans are supposed to live yeah. it's it's everything you listed plus the diet i mean that's just what our ancestors did and that's what we should be doing and it's very clear that we're not doing that. And the minute people go uh, focus on these things again, or, you know, change their lifestyle and they see improvements everywhere. Mm -hmm. So why did you name the documentary food lies specifically? Well, it, it's so hard to, <laughs> to try to wrap things up in one simple package. Right. And I, I had a lot of longer titles and then I realized, you know, you just got to get down to the basic, get down to the core of it, right? Like just what, what is this about? And I think the biggest problem is we were told lies, really. I mean, maybe they're not all lies. Like I like to say, I like to back down a little bit. I'm like, okay, you know, they're misconceptions. A lot of them started out, no, there was not some like evil, you know, yeah. dictator that was like <laughs> just handing out lies. You know, it's more that we did some bad science. We interpreted the science poorly. We just like lost our, lost track. And then all these different forces took over. Right. And then these big food industries got involved. And then they're, um, 
you know, trying to make money, right? That's what mm -hmm. they're trying to do. So it's not like they are lying per se, but they are just trying to make money and that's what they do. And I think the vegans have the most lies, mm. right? They actually do try to perpetuate lies that because they are coming from this moral standpoint, right? And then, so they will actually spread propaganda or, you know, I don't know, knowingly or unknowingly, you know, spread lies. But um, also you could say a lie would be covering up the truth, right? Mm -hmm. So we, if you don't come out with what we know, and I think there's a lot of science that kind of disproves what we used to think, but no one's coming out with that information or, you know, like Nina Teichels and Gary Tobbs, they, you know, investigated all this stuff that went on in the past 50 years and they found studies being buried or not done and, and not brought to public because they didn't get the results they wanted. So that's a form of a lie, right? Like it, scientists should be actively trying to disprove their theories. And instead they, when things didn't work out what they thought and didn't fit this standard narrative they had, they would actually, you know, bury these studies. And so, yeah, there's a lot of lies really going on, but there's just a lot of just misconceptions. Do you have any like specific examples from the from the film? Oh, I mean, there there's tons. I mean, I can't think of the exact studies offhand, but I just know. Um, uh, have you have you heard of Nina Teicholz or Gary Taubes or heard of yeah, their books yeah. at all? Yeah, I've, I've read yeah. the books. Yeah. You read their books? Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I wish I could remember them. Uh, mm -hmm. Nina br brings up so many of them. I have all these notes. Um, yeah, yeah, you. you yeah, there are definitely a lot of studies, but what are they like? Maybe, maybe the main ideas or main main oh. misconceptions that uh, we we've oh, been told. Yeah, well, I mean, saturated fat is the, is one of the biggest ones. Mm. Right, I, okay, so what I think happened is in the '60s and '70s in America, there's this whole hippie movement, right? And so we it was all about hugging trees and like save the animals and the, the vegan lifestyles that would have saved the planet. So we started demonizing meat and then we started glorifying grains. Hmm. Okay. So I think that was the hugest turn in how this all went wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. We started, so everyone's like, let's not eat meat is bad. And then it's almost like they went out to prove that it was bad. So it's saturated fat is bad. I mean, it all kind of aligned where it's like we had the studies, oh, cholesterol is bad. Saturated fat is bad. This is, this all comes from animal products. We shouldn't be eating animal products. This is bad. Mm. And then, oh, these whole grains, these are good. This, you know, this is the natural way. This is how we could be feeding more people, right? It's this hippie movement of the only way we're going to feed the world is with, we all don't feed the grains to the cows. Let's feed them to the humans and starving people in Africa. And it's, mm. it, that really just sent us down the wrong route. So we, we got saturated fat wrong. We got cholesterol wrong. We, I think we got grains wrong, right? The op so fiber, mm -hmm. right? Have you, you know, I don't think we need fiber. I mean, people are proving we don't need fiber. There's thousands and thousands of people doing the carnivore thing with zero carbs, zero fiber, mm -hmm. right? And they have no problems. There's people who've been doing it for 20 years. There's whole cultures like the Inuit have been doing it for centuries. There's thousands of years millennia there's ice ages where many humans lived in populations where there was no fiber like why do we there's so many things that yeah 
that are, are just wrong with what we're doing and I and we're getting away from just our evolution or just thinking logically about how humans lived. Mm-hmm. Right. If you just think for a second about any of these modern ideas we have, you know, the mainstream ideas about nutrition and you can pick them apart just with simple logic without even knowing science. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh wait, well, if meat is bad, why why are we eating meat for millions of years? Why meat doesn't why if meat caused cancer, we wouldn't be around, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. it's, it's the simplest thing to do is you, you don't even need to look at the studies, mm-hmm. and you can you can figure it all out. But luckily for me or for you know people who have share my opinion which a lot of people do and i'm sure you do is everything lines up that's a big part of the movie is i'm gonna look at every angle and they all line up to this one way of eating Mm. okay so it's like we can look at evolution we can look at randomized controlled trials we can look at epidemiology we can look at biochemistry right we have modern instruments to test blood sugars and to like you know do these things that we couldn't have done before we can look at um, genetics, gut biome, we could look at uh, anything and it, and they all kind of align with this way of eating. And it's, it's this ancestral way of eating. Mm-hmm. And then when you say, look at a vegan type diet, it all falls apart, right? Like some, sometimes they can make it work, but it doesn't line up with everything that this ancestral way of eating lines up. Okay. Okay. So like, uh, would you say that, um, the, the the vegan diet wouldn't be sustainable for, for for humans. I don't believe it. I don't believe so. I think people can do it for. I've heard around five years is sort of the max. If you're if you're not supplementing super well or cheating, mm-hmm. where uh, there's a term called drawdown, where your body stores enough B12 and there's enough some of these nutrients in your body that you don't get from plant products, right? That you can only get from animal products, and so. People, you know, start off and they feel great because they're eating, they're not eating this bad diet, right? They're going from bad diet to something very clean. And Mm -hmm. then, but then after a while, their body starts needing, uh, they just kind of run out of these nutrients that they need, like vitamin B12 or iron or, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, these people, they have a lot of deficiencies. So I I just don't think it's the, the right way to do it. I think that there's a way you don't have to be like a crazy carnivore, like Sean Baker or something, you know, you don't have to be like eating all mean fat all the time, mm-hmm. but I just don't think vegan specifically is the way to go. Mm. Yeah. yeah I right? think like, I think, yeah, like it doesn't have to be the extreme. The, the answer is somewhere in the middle, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like some sort of a balance or something. Well, there's two ways to go about it. I, I'm trying to, <laughs> I kind of talk about something called the unifying theory of nutrition. which to me means that there's different ways to eat and it's just a framework of how we should think about eating. Okay. And there's two good sides to it. So there's, yes, there's like the paleo like carnivore or like, you know, sort of high fat, low carb side. And then there's maybe the more vegetarian side where they're eating high carbs, low fat, but they're still eating animal products like eggs or, you know, pescatarian with fish. So you just don't want to be in the middle, right? Mm. So if, if you're, if you, you go to one side, yeah. you do well, you go to the other side, you do well, just don't get stuck in the middle, which is most of the world is stuck in the middle right. eating just sort of like sugar and fat at the same time. You know, that just doesn't seem to mix well eating carbs mm. and fat together. Yeah. 
yeah 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 right. like yeah like yeah i meant uh, i meant it in terms of like you eat some plant f- plant foods and you eat some animal foods as well well yes that kind of balance yes yeah. in, in <laughs> no i know what you meant yeah it, it, that kind of balance <laughs> but also is just that there's no one size fits all yeah yeah right so that's what i'm saying too is that you need to sort of pick a camp that's true that's true yeah like, like if you're, if you're going to be burning glucose then go all out in the sense of eat at least healthy carbs and uh, don't stay in the peripheral zone of not being in full ketosis and uh, not burning ketones and, and fatty acids, you know, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're going to no, feel like it. crap. Because you're going to feel like crap. Yeah, just go one way or the other. And yeah. so to me, to me, food is kind of four things, really. It's just the protein and micronutrients, right? These are the building blocks of the body. This is what we need. Right? This is how we live, how we build our body. And then there's fat and carbohydrate. And that's just our fuel source. Mm. So really just pick a fuel source. Don't use both of them. And then minimize it to your goals. Mm. And then focus on the protein and the micronutrients. Mm. Right? So any diet that w- fits into this scheme, right? this framework, it, you know, that's all it is. Like if you say, oh, well, this is a ketogenic diet. Yes, you're focusing on the protein and the micronutrients like you, and, you know, and then your fat is your fuel source and then just don't eat too much fat, right? If you're, people can gain weight yeah. on a ketogenic diet, right? If they eat too much fat. Yeah. So it's just the same thing with the pescatarian diet, which I think is fine. So you're getting your, your greens, you know, all your vegetables and stuff. You're choosing carbs as your fuel source. So you're eating healthy carbs and then you have some fish and you have some greens. So you're getting your protein and micronutrients. So that's fine. So I'm not in like this crazy camp where I'm like only keto, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there, I, I, yeah. There are always like different situations. You can apply them as well. And uh, different, uh, different periods of your life or different periods of your diet you can go through as well. Even daily. Yeah. You know, like I even, I even kind of do a daily thing. I mean, I, I definitely am, I got fat adapted. I, I go down that route, but I don't ever think about ketones. I don't think about that stuff. But even daily, like I'll have a heavier meat, you know, meal, just like steak and like something for lunch. And then I'll have like fish and, you know, like a set, like maybe some greens for dinner. Right. So it's, mm. yes. Yeah, so and and I, I do think people for all the time did shift in and out of different yeah. types of eating. Right. That's, it, that's based that, on your that's environment. The, yeah. It's so true. Like seasonality is one of the biggest <laughs> aspects that actually we don't pay any attention to at all. Basically, people eat the same stuff year round without, without thinking about how it's going to affect their microbiome or, or their overall health. Yeah, and, and, or even if you want to get environmental, like these vegans like to talk about the environment all the time. Well, if you're eating fruit all year round, that's not environmentally uh, good at all. You're, mm. you're shipping in fruits from across the world using tons of fossil fuels just so you can have your peaches or whatever like all winter long like that's not what you're supposed to do would you like to try our mango fruit blast did you look into like any comparative studies between like uh, low carb and high 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 carbs uh, high carb diets are there any like differences in terms of like weight loss or health yeah definitely i mean the ones that i've seen all indicate that the low carb high fat is way better That that always wins. The the keto side or paleo, whatever you want to call it, just LCHF, low carb, high fat, always does better with your blood markers. It does better for weight loss, and it does better for reversing certain diseases. Hmm. So 
uh, I've really never seen studies that show that the high carb, low fat is better. It sometimes that, you know, maybe they say that it's even, but I think they didn't formulate the diets well, mm. you know, like when they say, Oh, this is like a low carb diet and it's actually not low carb. It's like, Oh, there's like a hundred grams of carbs. Like that's not low carb. Mm. You know what I mean? That's like not low enough or they didn't, they never got fat adapted. You know, they're like, Oh, we did it for two weeks. It's mm. like, you didn't even get your body ready, you know, to actually yeah. start burning uh, fat. Right. Mm. So yeah, I, I, I think that the, the low carb, high fat in the literature is always superior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have, to, it doesn't mean that it always goes down to the individual specifically. Like if the person can, uh, kind of structure the diet and nutrition plan in a way that is sustainable and very balanced and uh, gives all the essential nutrients, then it can work. But most people, the, the average person doesn't really pay attention to that. <laughs> and they usually don't count their macros. They usually don't you know, care where the source of the food is coming from. And uh, that's where the biggest, with doing this large meta-analysis and uh, big you know, studies is, the problem is that the people, they aren't aware enough of the of their nutrition and uh, what do they actually consume that's like that's the biggest problem i think yeah i think it was a big problem when we just gave big general recommendations to the whole country or they kind of like trickled down to the world right and then we're just just go low fat and and then you know there's a classic oh if you take away the fat you got to add in sugar so it tastes Mm -hmm. good and you you just it is hard though. I don't know. I don't have a great solution for the, you know, the whole world, right? Cause most people don't pay attention to their macro. Yeah. They don't, they're not into it like us. Right. Yeah. So I don't know the the exact solution other than trying to make films yeah, <laughs> and make like, people aware of it. Right. And just tell them that don't be afraid of fat, yeah. you know, um, don't eat processed foods, don't eat sugar. And, and yeah, I mean, if you can tolerate carbohydrates, then go for it. Right, yeah. but it's it's like the it's like the standard uh, breakfast and the standard American diet is like a big uh, marketing hook. You have like the corn industry trying to sell you, uh, the corn and wheat industry trying to sell you like cereal and oatmeal and these things, high carb foods. Then you have the dairy industry, so who says that you can combine these things t- together to get like a good meal for a breakfast bowl. Then you have like. Some, some, some other sugar industry also selling you fruit juices <laughs> and they're all kind of working together in the sense they created this very highly palatable and highly stimulating high caloric uh, combination of foods that uh, people got almost addicted to. And it's like very, very convenient, very easy to make, very cheap and uh, very dangerous to your health as well at the same time. So, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a problem. And it's hard because those are the foods that you can market and sell, right? Everything that you listed for the most part is branding and, and they're easy. Uh, they're, they're packageable. They're how long shelf life. Mm. And then things that are healthy don't have brands, right? Like meat and vegetables. Yeah. You, you don't really, it's not like you pick a brand. I mean, it's just meat and it's just yeah. vegetables, right? I mean, I, I don't know any, like, I guess there's Tyson chicken. Like I've heard of, but you know what I mean? Mainly there's no brands, right? So there's not a lot of money to be made. And the, the shelf life is shorter and the, they're more expensive in general. The margins are less. I mean, there's so many reasons why this all happened, right? Yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, it's just, that's where the money is in all these products and, and packaged foods and everything you listed, yeah. 
yeah but is it is it more cheaper or is it more expensive to grow like meat and do animal has husbandry versus growing like these monocrops of soy corn and uh, wheat which well, one is which one is, which I, one is I, actually okay, more well, sustainable <laughs> yeah that's a big question and so meat is always going to be more expensive just because it, just the nature of it it's protein protein is the most valuable thing it's it, mm. but we can i believe we can we can raise animals for a good price it's mm. basically what i'm saying is i don't i don't think we should have them separated like we do we do the monocropping and then we have factory farms i believe i've been talking to farmers for this film and I, you know i've been doing research talking to farmers the better way is to put them on the same land and do some sort of mixed farming methods, right? This is kind of what we used to do mm. before. I mean, even in you know the early 1900s, we were doing this. I mean, I've read multiple books. They're doing it all over the country. They're doing it in England. They're doing it everywhere where the, it's a perfect symbiotic cycle, right? Mm. It's like when you raise us raising them separately, that's when we starting to need antibiotics and, uh, fossil fuel fertilizers and uh, hormones, all this stuff. If you just raise them naturally, all you need is the sunlight, the grass, the, the rainwater, and mm. you can have these animals that build up the soil health, mm. right? That you have, um, have you heard of rotational grazing? Yeah. Where they, yeah. yeah. I mean, they use, it's like they, they'll get them in herds and move them along, right? And, and, graze the grass in one area for a day and then move them to the next little patch of grass. And then chickens will come along and, you know, pick through the cow manure and eat the worms and then fertilize it more. And you go in a circle and you come back and the grass is grown up again. And then you just yeah. eat the tops of the grass, the most nutrient dense tops of the grass and keep moving. I mean, mm. if we did agriculture like that, we could do this affordably and sustainably. And I've talked to a guy Gabe Brown, who's in North Dakota or South Dakota, uh, in the U.S., has a 5,000-acre farm, which is pretty giant. Um, and he's doing this without any soy, corn, wheat. He doesn't do the government subsidies. He doesn't um, use any um, antibiotics or fertilizers. He just does this all naturally, and he makes a good living. Mm. Right? So he's proving. There's people all over the U.S. that are proving that you can do this and be profitable and make it affordable um, because it, he saves money. He doesn't have to buy all the different antibiotics or fertilizers and he doesn't have to spend money, you know, do, doing like just all the cropping and different things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's so true that uh, although uh, let's say, um, yeah, like the rotational grazing is so m much more natural and more better for the environment when you compare it to like these mass, animal uh, factories then it's it's so so t it's it's so bizarre to think about it that these animals they are simply you know stuck in their little barns they don't get access to real real sunlight or even like real grass or something and they're simply being uh, held there until they're taken to the to the slaughter in the sense and it is it is quite funny to think about how we how how the hell did we get to that point where animals are being uh, raised in that in that large quantities in such such small vicinities and uh it's so so completely the opposite to what we actually need to do yeah and even on the plant side i mean just growing monocrops like that is it's just not right it, it you have to like 
ruin the soil. You have to like take an entire plot of land and just rid it of everything. Yeah. Right. Like you just have to get rid of every living thing and then start with just the one plant that you're going to plant. Yeah. Like this, this monocrops, these monocrops are destroying entire ecosystems because if you grow soy or if you grow wheat in this large hectares of land, then you can't grow anything else. You're going to destroy the micro, the, the soil biome. You're going to destroy the other animals who are living there, different birds, different bugs. All of them are going to have to get wiped out because of the monocrops. So yeah, yeah. they're equally as bad as like these large factories. Yeah. And I don't know, we just, we don't have a movement behind this side. The vegans have their whole thing, right? And they have their whole agenda and their beliefs and they, you know, they're like, oh, we're, we do it for moral reasons. We do it for environmental reasons and we do it for nutritional reasons and i think all three of those are wrong mm. i think they're misguided in all three of those so i started a website called sapienmovement.com mm. where it's like sapien right this is what, like what humans are supposed to be eating and doing mm. and it's about it's kind of like the counterpart to veganism it's like the sapien movement is let's farm like we're supposed to let's farm and eat like we used to that's mm. sort of like the motto right Let's farm and eat ancestrally. That means eating foods that humans thrive best on and let's grow them in the way that helps the environment and is treats the animals well and, you know, doesn't do, you know, just putting in the mixed farming system. So, yeah, it's, it's so true. Like uh, it's, it's very difficult to argue against the argument that uh, if you eat meat, then you're you're like morally inferior or something, just because of it involves the uh, the death of these uh, animals or something. It's very it's very difficult uh, argument in the sense, and it's more than just nutrition. It's like ethics, and I think like I don't think where most people aren't you know educated enough in these areas to talk about these things. And yeah, it's it's also like what is ethical and what is moral is always determined by the culture and uh, the, yeah, like the culture and the, and the individual who is trying to live up to the expectations of that particular culture. Like if you, if you were to live in a different kind of culture, like, like these ancestral tribes or something, then they would value different things and they wouldn't, they wouldn't probably be uh, promoting a, a fully, fully like uh, plant-based diets because they have like different they're like more involved with nature and more involved with their environment already and they probably have like different uh, spiritual practices that actually involve like hunting and uh, and uh, growing their own food yeah they, well, they respect nature and i don't see how anyone could say that they're immoral people mm. right like all the people that came before us are modern hunter-gatherers today that that pray to animals or you know do prayers when they kill them or respect them you know there's stories of these people if they wound an animal and they don't kill it they'll track it down for days mm. to to make sure that it ends their life respectfully and that they actually get to use the meat and mm. they're they're like outcasts right they'd be get like thrown out of the, the tribe if they left an animal to suffer and to right. go to wait yeah, yeah. I, I think like also like the, some of the vegans or at least the smarter vegans, they do tell that uh, that these hunter for, for these hunter gatherer tribes, it is okay for them to kill the animals because it's necessary for their survival in their environment. But in in the in the Western world, 
uh, we we should avoid from that or we should uh, at least minimize it because we have other options we have access to other types of food and we don't necessarily have to uh, do this do this sort of thing mm-hmm. which i which i which i agree to a certain extent in terms of like we don't need these massive large uh, factories full of animals packed together just so we could you know take them to mcdonald's or some whatever because yeah it's true that some people eat too much meat in the sense of too many animal products and uh it, it there's the potential of still sustaining your health and still sustaining your vitality and you know performance and all those things while still lowering your meat intake to a little bit uh, in, t- in terms of at least limiting to to a certain extent yeah i mean i i don't i would never recommend someone has to eat a certain amount of meat right you don't i think that's up to you i just think that people need to include some of it yeah. for health some sort of animal products for fish or meat or eggs and yeah yeah we don't need to go to these measures that we've been doing it's just it's sort of an american thing of trying to maximize profit and yeah. uh, stuff like that yeah. yeah everything has to be xxl yeah including the well state. then also well <laughs> i do have a problem with the vegan argument where they say oh well now we have all these plant-based products where you can get equivalent protein right and i don't think that it's nutritionally equivalent right yeah. so i, I they try to always well, like oh you can eat rice and beans and the amino pro acid profile of the rice and beans together is equivalent to meat and i don't believe that's true i don't think it's as bioavailable it's not actual protein it's like we do need that animal protein it's what we actually need and it's just not equivalent and also what you're you're also getting a lot of extra stuff extra carbohydrate with that protein right if you're eating the rice and the beans mm-hmm. so a lot of people have problems with carbohydrates you know and insulin resistance and all that kind of thing so you know i just don't think that that argument holds up if you're saying only plant-based mm-hmm. yeah yeah like but, you, know, it, you can't get away with at least i would say yeah it's oh, it's it, you have to kind of include some some uh, animal products every once in a while to get like the the other fat soluble vitamins and uh, the essential essential nutrients that you get don't get from plant foods like you know cholesterol and uh, and uh, yeah like vitamin K2 and uh, so on yeah 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 so that's that's just what i'm saying i'm I, yeah that's what i say just have some of it have as much as you want you can go high end, low end, just don't go to zero. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, the, the Weston A. Price, I'm really interested in Weston A. Price stuff. Mm. Um, he's the guy who traveled around the world in the 1930s and found that all cultures prize these animal foods, mm. right? Whatever they had in their environment, it was always a source of animal protein and fat that was their most prized food. And it's what they gave to pregnant women. You know, it's what they um knew was the healthiest and there's no culture that that avoided them so to me that's a very (laughs) good indicator of that yeah all all those all the societies they ate some animal products and they didn't have any these nutritional diseases or uh, he 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 was studying like tooth decay specifically and uh, the bone structure and the, the jawline and the healthy to- teeth of, of these uh, hunter-gatherers, it was all, all very perfect in comparison like to the Western people who, who were deficient of certain uh, micronutrients and certain fat-soluble vitamins. And uh, the biggest one was like vitamin K2 that, uh, mm-hmm. that, that allowed calcium to be used appropriately in the, in the, in the cellular matrix. 
Yeah, you know your stuff. Yeah, I mean, he called it Activator X. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even know what it was, but I, yeah, I love that that Weston A. Price stuff. And and I'm trying to figure out how it was that important. Like, what was actually changing the structure of people's jaws, right? That their jaws didn't even develop correctly. That's like something big. Like, was it, you know, people talk about the actual chewing of the meat helps? Mm. You know, the, the vitamin, the fat soluble vitamins, but I was even thinking of just the nutrient poor diets that a lot of us have these days. Like, was, is that enough, right? If you're just eating a nutrient poor diet, like you can eat a balanced diet. Say you have like some bread and like some, you know, like some fruit and vegetables, just kind of a, you know, a normal diet. But mm-hmm. I, I'm doing a study for the film where I'm looking at all the nutrients in those foods and comparing it to the foods I eat, which would be, you know, sardines, salmon, steak, eggs, spinach, um, some sunflower seeds. Like those are just an example of foods that I eat in a day. Hmm. Right. And then I looked at all the nutrient makeup of, of all that. Right. And I did all the math, you know, I go to the database and trying to work out the numbers and add up all the minerals. It's hard to get a, to quantify Hmm. the minerals and vitamins and stuff, but I did that and it was say 16,000 units of micronutrients of vitamins and minerals. Mm -hmm. And then I added it up with the bread and like, you know, some lean chicken, like some supposedly healthy low fat diet Mm -hmm. based on like apples, which is mostly sugar, right? We think apples are so healthy. I mean, it's just mostly sugar, especially our modern apples. Right. Um, And I did that. And there the total was 2,500 units. So, so, so what if you did that every day? So every day you're one guy's getting 2,500 and one guy's getting 16,000. I think it was 16,500. Hmm. And I think that that really adds up. What if you did that for 10 years? Yeah. Right. That guy's one guy's getting like 10 million units and one guy's getting like under a million. Hmm. Right. Or maybe, maybe it's over a million, but that's one of my theories of how it's so extreme that these people's jaws didn't even develop correctly. Yeah. Right. Their dental yeah. arches were, didn't, develop correctly to even fit all their teeth yeah and i think those might all those nutrients add up like it it really does matter yeah it is it, so true that you know these 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 uh, micronutrients are crucial for child development specifically and the children need to get like these fatty acids and uh, proteins and amino acids definitely and also like it, it got me thinking that you know although there are a lot of uh people who have have you know transitioned over to a quote-unquote healthy diet let's say like a low-fat high-carb diet in their let's say 20s or 30s then they they will be able to sustain it longer than someone who is doing this uh, malnutrition uh, diet ever since their birth because if you Mm -hmm. start feeding children uh, low low nutrient foods ever since they were born then they won't, won't be able to develop like properly they won't be able to develop their jawline properly their brain development probably is going to suffer a little bit and uh, it's going to be that their problems are going to be made evident much more faster and they're going to be more long term because they, they miss out on the critical period of childhood development where they need to get all these yeah. uh, minerals and nutrients. Babies need fat, proteins, calories, less important sprouts and hemp. Because the, yeah. human, because the human body can adapt to a lot of things like <laughs> people, people get diagnosed with some sort of a heart heart problem or heart disease 
in their 40s, but they will still live like a few decades with that disease. So the human body can adapt to different things. It's simply going to start compensating for it and it's going to slowly degrade and slowly going to wane down the person. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, just when you're growing up, that's just the most important part. So it's just weird how no one really thinks about it these days, right? It's just, oh, just eat whatever. And it's funny that our kids eat the worst diet almost. I don't know. In America, they're eating like waffle, you know, like microwave waffles and pop tarts and, you know, like chicken nuggets. And just, it's just a joke. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about how culture, culture is also conditioning children to start uh, preferring these sugary foods just because they're so accessible and parents also don't care about that much. You know, they say that, Oh, whatever it's children, children should have like a sweet tooth and it's okay for them to eat these things but in reality like most most kids are already diabetic and it's really really scary stuff yeah that's i mean that's i guess that's why i'm making the movie (laughs) just (laughs) to try to raise awareness about this and i mean yeah i mean i have a podcast about it too so yeah it's called peak human if anyone wants to check it out that's that's i i'm interviewing a lot of the experts from the movie so yeah so how do how how would you how would you think that uh could it be possible to feed like the large populations of like the states and the rest of the world with this new better recommendations of a of a mm. less, less carb based diet and uh, less industry yeah i think it's possible i mean i haven't done the math on it but i think it's possible if we take all the land that we're using to grow corn wheat and soy and instead we did these mixed farming systems where we were growing animals we're growing cows and chickens and vegetables you know and you know using the land you know rotating and just basically growing vegetables and meat Mm -hmm. then we have millions of acres right especially in america america has such a rich you know land and soil and climate that we can grow all this it's just we're using all the land for the wrong things Mm. so my pie in the sky you know dream would be to just use all that land we're for these unnecessary things that some of a lot of it we just export even too or we don't even need it we have a surplus of these corn wheat and soy Mm. and and you know we end up using it to feed the cows it's like why not just feed the cows the grass or grow forage like uh, cover crops and you know some other grasses and different uh they're called cover crops i guess Mm. so Mm. that's my idea i and i mean i'm I have like a long-term goal to try to do something about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's totally. like get beyond this movie is keep going and, you know, sapient movement, you know, whatever it is, just figure it out. Talk to some people with some money yeah. or, you know, try to make some changes. It probably has to involve like taking down these large industries <laughs> that are controlling the food, food system, like the, the corn, right, and, yeah. corn and soy industry and the wheat. But yeah, it's very difficult because they've already gathered so much money and, they they have so much power as well. Well, you know, they are changing though. They do respond to consumer demand. Mm. So that guy, Gabe Brown with the 5,000 acre farm, he told me that there was some big companies that we would all know of, you know, he couldn't say their names, but giant food companies that talked to him about more protein, more, you know, sustainable or organic, or, mm. you know, how do we do this? How do we, 
this is what the consumers want. And right. so they're, you know, consulting with him to figure out how to do it. And I noticed I was actually filming for the movie. I was going to the grocery store to try to get some footage of all these low fat products, right? All this like bogus marketing, low fat, this, low fat, that. And it actually has stopped. There actually isn't that much low fat marketing anymore. Mm. What I found was there's a lot of high protein marketing. So mm. I never go to those frozen food aisles, you know, all that like stuff, packaged food stuff. I don't eat that obviously. Mm. Mm. Uh, but when I find, when I did go there to film, it was just like 10 grams of protein, 12 grams of protein. Some of it was like low carb, some of it, you know, mm. it's good. So that's what I'm saying is that the consumer demand does drive the market. And these people want to make money, right? So if, if consumers keep demanding these products, then there will be change. Mm -hmm. What what can the consumer do like to influence this? Then well, I mean, you just just eat this way. If you just stop <laughs> buying certain foods, it actually does have an impact. It sounds mm -hmm. kind of stupid. It's like oh, my one person, you know, not buying any more breakfast cereal. That actually does do something because if everyone starts doing it, they've noticed. Like the, that's why they're consulting with Gabe Brown. Apparently, they've noticed that the consumer demand is shifting. So, mm. yeah, it just just well, yeah, just stop buying those products. <laughs> what about the meat? Like, uh, should should they still go for grass fed or green fed? Yeah, like I think okay, go go with what you can afford. Right for now, if you can only afford like cheap ground beef that's just normal not grass do that right if you have to that's better for your health than eating some like pasta or mm -hmm. you know something that's just gonna have no nutritional value and no protein so so that that being said we should all be driving the market forces and buying grass-fed meat and yes that would be ideal and then they'll get more of it right they'll, they'll mm. respond and it is happening there's there's a lot of companies popping up they're doing this you know like butcher box or yeah yeah and, and they're they are actually i think quite quite sustainable and they're not that expensive even yeah especially if you, you don't need a ton of it right if you don't need a ton of meat in every meal <laughs> yeah that's true and yeah you could just like you can buy like if, if the meat's ten dollars a pound twelve dollars a pound you can get grass-fed meat for like twelve dollars a pound and then if your meal is half a pound, that's six six dollars. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's, that's it's cheaper true. than fast food. Like you can go to, you get like a fast food meal. It's like seven dollars. You get a half pound of grass fed steak for six dollars. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think like the idea should be that you should eat like meat. You should eat it in 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 some amounts, but uh, you should only eat it, you know so that you could get enough of the nutrients like I'm, I, I myself i try to get most of my protein and uh, amino acids from the things like eggs uh, because like they're much more cheaper and they're much uh, let's say sustainable in terms of their they have less yeah. environmental impact and uh, they're i think like eggs are healthier as well in, in, in some eggs aspects. are great yeah i forgot about eggs like if you can only afford eggs or if you want to be more if you don't want to yeah you're actually not killing an animal Mm. eggs are great <laughs> they're, yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> they're, yeah. They're, they're quite amazing yeah it's a perfect food really yeah but so, what, what's your own diet look like nowadays what do you well eat how? i i kind of only eat 10 things i figured out <laughs> <laughs> my 10 things are steak salmon ground beef sardines bacon eggs 
spinach, mushrooms, onions, grass-fed butter. Mm, well, wow. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I really need. Minimalistic diets. Kind of. I mean, there's a lot of combinations you can do with that. But yeah, yeah I mean, and it's cheap. I, I do it like I'm trying to make a documentary. You know what I mean? That, that's not like a money maker. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have like a lot of money flowing right now. So yeah. people think that this diet's like really expensive or, you know, stuff like that. Well, I mean, I eat for probably like $7 a day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's so cheap. When I was in college, I, I was able to eat like three to five pounds a day. Uh, three or three to five pounds, you know, uh, British pounds a day mm -hmm. for for the food. So yeah, it's very oh, cheap. Yeah. yeah, and you don't have. Yeah, people think you have to eat like bad, like ramen noodles or you know, like those <laughs> bad, like top ramen type stuff. You don't need to eat that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, if you do, like, if you cut down your expenses in some other areas, you know, like, do you need? Do you actually need to get a Starbucks coffee every day, or do you? Do you have to, I don't know, pay, pay these medications? You, you can simply do like other healthy lifestyle practices like getting more sunlight, doing some intermittent fasting, maybe sleeping better, exercising, and you're going to you know, save a whole lot of money that you can spend on food instead. I, I, I totally agree. I, it sounds like people just say that and it's, I don't know if people actually do it or they're just like, oh, this guy's just, you know, saying this stuff but it's like it's so true yeah. like you can go out and run for free like yeah. you can go and get some sun and run instead of doing some other activity that costs money and that is just you don't even need to you don't even need to pay a gym membership like you can do yeah. exercise everywhere yeah i hope people like understand it i don't know because sometimes it just feels like people are just shouting things and that you know, they're just like, oh, this is what you should be doing. And people are like, oh, whatever. And then they don't do them. Mm. I just hope people, you know, we're, we're saying these things. And I, I think we both know that they're very easy and doable and, and it's all the benefits. So I just hope people realize that we're not just saying this. And it's like very, very beneficial and doable and easy and fun. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, what can people learn more about uh, the documentary? When is it going to be published? Oh, yeah. Well, I have foodlies.org. So you can go to the website and check it out. And, um, yeah, you know, Twitter and Instagram and all that. But uh, we're trying to finish it by Christmas. So mm. the end of the year, I, I really want to get it out for the backers of the film. You know, we're mm. going to we're, we're on Kickstarter right now. So we're trying to get some more money together. And yeah, anyone who backs a film will get it, you know, as soon as possible when it's out. And then maybe, um, you know, it, it takes a while to get on Netflix or get it on one of those type of platforms. So that would be in the spring. So mm. I just wanted to, you know, let people know if they want to share it with their, you know, get it first, share it with their friends and family. Just, yeah, go to Kickstarter yeah. and pre-order. Yeah, we're going to leave the link to the Kickstarter in the show notes. And uh but what what who did you interview there what kind of uh researchers and people oh wow yeah i got i, I feel like i got all the best ones <laughs> i got everyone that i really respect and i really think is awesome i almost got every single one of them in the movie so I got professor tim noakes from south africa i got mark sisson who's like sort of like the old school guy who's been mm. doing this for a long time mm. i love him i got the biggest researcher jeff volick who him and Finney have been doing these studies for 20 years. They're like these pioneers of the low carb world. 
He's mm-hmm. started Verda. I guess you probably know about Verda Health that's mm-hmm. reversing type 2 diabetes with diet. Yeah. So Jeff Olick uh, was a co-founder on that company. Got um, Gary Tobbs, you know, the journalist, Nina Teichels, interviewing them in a couple of days. Um, Dom D'Agostino, mm. he's, he's a researcher. He, he looks a lot about the, you know, ketogenic diet and ketones and all that kind of science. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. I got... <laughs> sounds yeah, like, I got, sounds yeah, like a really yeah. good, good one, yeah. Yeah, all, all the greats here. Who else? You, I, I don't want to skip people. I like Ted Nyman. Do you know Dr. Ted Nyman? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's great. I love him. He's just, he's just all about simplicity. He's kind of what you're talking about. Just like eat a simple diet. You don't need to join a gym. Just, you know, he, and he just helps people every day um, treat their diabetes and cure it. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Did, did you happen to talk with any like uh, counter movement uh, people as oh, well? Like, yeah. Like a so, plant-based? Yeah, kind, well, I, I talked to Denise Minger, who is kind of in the middle. And she, she has this idea that she's into Weston A. Price, so she knows that you need animal products. But she just chooses to go, um, you just eat very few of them and then have a more high carb lifestyle. Mm. So I, I interviewed her. So she, and then also I'm thinking of getting someone like Joel Furman, Dr. Joel Furman, who I want to, cause he talks about eating meat, right? He's, he's a plant-based person, but he, he says that, oh yeah, eat meat in moderation or something or like eggs. I, I don't, I just want someone who's reasonable. Right. I don't want to, so I'm still figuring out who I'm going to get on that end. I don't want to get some of these like crazy vegan doctors that are just like, you know, like lying. Right. And just like, kind of like saying like, if you eat an egg, it's like smoking five cigarettes. Right. Like what the health, you know what I mean? I I don't want to get those type of people. So, I mean, yeah, I'll take recommendations from you or anyone else. If you know, I definitely need to just find someone to talk to because I, I, don't want it to be like super one-sided mm. but, um, i just tend to agree with this side so that's why i got all these people yeah there are also like many many uh people who have eaten a vegan diet for a few years and then they transition over to like back to keto or some sort of a carnivore diet instead so you can maybe get some testimonials from those people as well too well yeah definitely that that i mean that was denise Minger. she oh. a lot of people they they really ruined their health on a vegan diet even though they were doing it really well, Lear Keith, um, I did a podcast with her. It was really good. If you, anyone wants to look up that podcast, Lear Keith, uh, she was a vegan for 20 years and just has permanent spine damage and wow. so many problems from, even though she was very into it, very conscious person, very smart and, you know, really just loves animals and, and, was also formulating her diet really well too, because she, you know, she knew she had to supplement and just wasn't working. Mm. Right. So yeah. And then she just went to the other side. She wrote a great book called the vegetarian myth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard about them. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's very difficult to, uh, it's or it's very sad to see that some people get caught up with some sort of a specific ideology or, a, or a way of looking at things, or they try to hold onto this idea where while their health is degrading right in front of their eyes and they're going to hold on to it, this uh, dogma almost, and uh, they're going to pu- push through. Yeah. It's sad. I mean, it's, I don't know what to say to them. You just got to give them information and just hope that they can be reasonable and yeah. just, yeah. 
And the same applies to like the other side as well, like keto people who are doing keto as well. They also have to pay attention to that. You know, you shouldn't show, you shouldn't soldier through if you're feeling like crap or something. Then you have to kind of look at your diet and you know re-optimize it. And uh, maybe you need to change something because yeah, yeah. your health is still more important than than uh, trying to live up to a certain idea. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, everyone just kind of needs to just. Yeah, just be more realistic about things and yeah. and listen to their body, definitely. That's true. So yeah, Brian, I uh, really enjoyed talking with you and uh, I'm going to ask, ask you my last question, which is uh, what would be this one single advice or a habit that you wish you adopted sooner that improved your body and your mind? Mm. Wow. I think for me, intermittent fasting was, mm. was very big. I think that helped my body and my mind a lot really right you it helped me yeah just not worry about food and focus on other things it helped my mind be clearer right and and just not having to think about food or just be hungry not be hungry i think part, it was partly to do with the diet too it's just if you we transition to eating fat as your main fuel source you tend to you know not yeah. be hungry much. yeah it's so true and uh like fasting is one of the <laughs> most powerful healing agents as well for not just fat loss but also like your brain your entire mitochondria and everything like it's so it's so amazing yeah and i think that's why it's so popular right now and then why it's it's sort of agreed upon by all sides almost you know it seems like no one's trying to you know bring it down so many yeah. people hate on things that the ketogenic side does but no one's really hating on this and yeah it's been around forever yeah and also like from an environmental aspect then i think if if everyone did intermittent fasting then the environment would benefit a whole lot as well if uh, people skip the meal or something and yeah. uh, <laughs> save save some money and save some save some uh save some you know environment and your health and well, yeah. just a health cost, right? If, if right. everyone did intermittent fasting, maybe we would <laughs> cut the heart disease in half. Probably, they probably would, yeah. Like, I, I think it, it could. I think it yeah. will. It can't fix like most of the diseases we've been talking about. It's pretty amazing. So, yeah, I what, agree. How, how do you do it? What kind of a schedule do you I, have? I basically do it pretty simply. I just. I do um, my eight hour eating window, 16 hour fast. And so I eat at like, like 1230 and what is it? 730, okay. eight, something like that. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. yeah I feel good. great. I love it in the morning. Just not eating. I yeah. feel awesome. You can be more productive. <laughs> you can be more productive. Yeah. But yeah, Brian, I really want to thank you for coming to the show and looking forward to the documentary and I wish you all the best with it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. And if everyone wants to support it, then all the links are in the show notes as well. And uh, all the links to your, your other social media handles will be there as well. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for talking with me. This is great. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'll see you around. That's it for this episode of the Body, Mind and Power podcast. If you want to support us, then I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a review on the iTunes or the other social media platforms definitely check out the show notes for the topics that we discussed in this episode thanks for listening my name is seem stay tuned for the next episode stay empowered